Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Chiefs Focus First and Ten. We're here with JP and Caleb, and we got a special guest on. We got Harold Hoops from Fox Four. The man, what's up, brother? Just uh, pleasing some dinner. That's good, man. That's good. Well, Caleb, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It was a finally good to see the Chiefs finally play a better half, and they won the game. So I'm very happy right now. Yeah. Well, all three of us kind of been talking about this for a while. We've seen the difference. We all seen the difference in the second half. And the difference is the way that you know, it's, it's night and day from what he's in. His normal game has been for the last, really, four years, three, three and a half years, compared to now. And we've been saying it since week two that this pocket stuff that he's been doing and trying to do, and that forcing him to do this interview, has not really been working. And I got trapped a little bit on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, Harold. I don't know if you saw the tweet where uh, I put out that this pocket present stuff is not working. And he needs to go back and play his game. And he's been pressured and hit more times in the first, well, really, at that point, it was week three, I think it was, week four. He had been pressured and hit more times by week four than he had been hit pretty much all season last year. And... I was like, this is why. I mean, he's standing and hovering in the pocket. We got a better offensive line than we've ever had. It, or since he's been here anyway. It's a top five offensive line. Yeah. There's, it's not them. It's the fact that he's just hovering there and he's staying with that pocket presence. And today he decided to make a change at halftime on his accord. And you've seen, everybody's seen the difference. What do you think, Harold? Oh, I believe when you said night and day, you said exactly right. Um, what got me, though, is let's go back to when he got injured in that Denver game. And ever since then, it was a hesitancy for a quarterback sneak. It was a hesitancy for him to do anything that just used his pure athleticism. Yeah. He's been running all over the place. Yeah. He's scrambling now. He's, he's He can do a little RPO if they need it. Like, I mean, even though they use it very rarely. But he can, like, he's like, hey, guys, take the shackles off. Because all, everybody everybody that building's thinking, we've got to protect our investment. And he's yeah. got to be like, look, there's no tomorrow, darn it. So if we're two and three, that means I got to get loose. I got to roll out. I got to do my whatever I need to do. And that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And I think message was sent, like, <clears throat> if, you're, if, you're at the, if you're in the halftime locker room with that game against Washington, and you're down 13 to 10 and Ricky Sills Jones just put one up on you, then you have to tell yourself something has gone completely wrong here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not even necessarily fixing it. It's, it's get your stuff together. Yeah. Uh, so it, the only way it's going to start is through him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if he says, all right, I messed up, be you, be you. They, you know, they said after the game, just be yourself, be you, do you. And that's what he does. So let him do him. And I, I think the coaches finally realized they got to let him do him. They, they got to release. It's like, it's like when you have a kid that is really successful, really yeah. smart at a young age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and you're like, oh man, they're really talented. But then you already sell them out to like agents and everything of that nature. And by the time they're 16 or 18 years old, they've, they've lived a full grown life. Yeah. You know, like you need to be like, no, like just let them do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. just let them do what he wants mm-hmm. to do and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly though, the defense, my gosh, the changes they made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How long have we been talking about that, Harold? A long time. And it needed yeah. to be talked about. I mean, the changes were made. I mean, you can see there's still some errors there. Like Willie Gay's running around like a wild man. He just he sees the ball. And he just runs after it, but he may not be in the right position that he needs to be in, but look, it worked today. I mean, I know yeah. Washington's a little de- depleted. They don't have like a talent, a very talented roster. Um, you know, some of their guys like McLaughlin were at a half speed. I mean, they still gave us some gashes on runs, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a much better effort. Like you could tell there's some continuity. There's some cohesion on that defensive unit. Like those yeah. guys want to play and support each other. Yes. There's no, you don't play, we don't play. So yeah, release it to the young guys. Let them run. Let mm-hmm. them learn. All the worst is going to happen is that they improve. And so, go with it. Exactly. And that's what they did today. That's what they did in the second half. In the second half, they really just said, "All right." Andy Reid said it best: "Enough's enough." Yeah. So, yeah. are we are we the team that we're supposed to be, or are we just are are we going to stink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what they decided. In the second half. That's what they decided. Yeah. Well, they made that decision at halftime, from what I understand. Yeah. And not, and I, you know, I think we talked about, we did talk about this off the show, but there were some uh, words said by someone at halftime and that resonated throughout the uh, offensive side of the ball. And I'm sure it resonated with the defensive side as well, but um, there was not much said a whole, or by the coaches. I, I will say that from what I understand, it was pretty much all by one person. And that one person came out in the second half and made a difference. And you can see it in his actions, in his eyes, and everything. And it was kind of comical because when he did his post-game interview, he was trying not to allude to what he said. Yeah. But he, but he pretty much yeah. said what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, you know, and not so many words, because I know the words that he did say, and they weren't as kind. But... Um, Oh, no, I'm quiet. sure it was get, what was it, something along the lines of get your SHIT together. Or? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And let me, yeah. And I'm going to do my thing. And uh, basically I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to play my game. And he did. And that's how he did it. And it, it just is what it is. He's been shackled and you, you said it best. He's been shackled. We've been saying this since week two. And, you know, it's just like what we've been talking about with Thornhill, you know, Sorensen, is, hasn't been the answer. We've seen this. Yes, he has spurts. He had spurts the prior couple of years, you know, but he's not an every down sideline to sideline safety. He's just not. I'm sorry. No. One thing that Caleb and I talked about numerous times, and Caleb will chime in on this anytime he wants, mm-hmm. but Sorensen jumps before he thinks. I've noticed this so many times. I've watched so much film after the game. He makes decisions. Well, he doesn't make a decision. He jumps before he makes a decision. He doesn't read the quarterback. He doesn't read the receiver. He doesn't read the running back. He just jumps. As soon as the ball is snapped, he is moving, and he doesn't even know where the ball is half the time. And it seems like he's he's making tackles. And Spags said it one time. It kind of annoyed me. Spags said one time, well, people don't realize the plays he makes when the ball's not there. Well, who gives a shit? 
if it's the balls on the other side of the field, it really makes no difference what Thornton or uh, uh, Sorensen's doing. It's when the ball's in front of you is when it makes the difference. When the play's in front of you is when it makes the difference. And the one thing that Thorn Thornhill proved his first season with, you know, especially working with uh, Tyron was, is that he was able to read the play and and see the, the the wide receiver's eyes, see the running back's eyes, see the quarterback's eyes before the play happens. And then he reacts and he's got the speed to react after he reads it. That's where, well, that's where Sorensen seems to miss. And I would agree with you, JP, to an extent. I think Sorensen has played great. As we've seen, he's made plays, gotten pick sixes. He's been able in divisional championship games, force fumbles at the right time. He's got interceptions at the end of the game. But I think what the issue is, is he, and I hate to say this, but Spax is doing something similar to what Bob Sutton did to Sorensen. I don't know if you were here in Kansas City at the time, Harold. But yeah. whenever Eric Berry tore his Achilles, they put Sorensen in as his position. And I'm like, okay, Sorensen is good, but he's not no Eric Berry. So it showed me if you give Sorensen a really complicated position or like even a role, he's just not going to thrive. If you're just going to let him be more of the third, the third, the third safety, be more of a rover, go around and cause havoc, that's what he's best at. But it seemed like Spaz was trying to make him something into what he wasn't. And I'm, I see what he's trying to do, but you have players such as, Armani Watts to have kind of proved that they can play. Now they haven't gotten a lot of snaps. And then Thornhill, once again, him and um, Thornhill and Matthew are like brothers, it seems like. They know what they're doing yeah. out there on the field. And yeah. every time they play, they seem to have – they figure out what they have to do in order to get stops. And it just shows me that for the future of this defense, Juan Thornhill is a guy you want to have. Yes, you can have – Dirty Dan, but he is only a situational guy. And even then, he might whiff on some tackles, it seems like. He gets weared, worn down really quickly, in my position. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Harold. I agree. Um, in a sense that you have to listen to Matthew. This is a player that's on a contract year. Mm -hmm. And the great Therese Paler always said that contract years are undefeated. Yep. And they don't want him to lead because he's a leader of that team. And Quite frankly, for long periods of time, he's he's the only defensive player they had that was worth a damn. Damn straight. Like this season, mm -hmm. you haven't got too much productivity off your defensive line, including Chris Jones. Your linebackers have been a mess. You might be in worse position now that Hitch has got an elbow injury. Yeah. Um, you saw they got Ben Neiman got the green dot. He immediately gets yeah. roasted by Ricky Sills Jones. I mean, you got Nick Bolton and Willie Gay who are just young. I mean, they're just young. So Tyron's really the veteran presence you have out there. And you have to listen to them. So he has the right to go into any coach meeting and say to somebody, hey, this is what I need to do. I can't work with Sorensen. Uh, and I think another thing, the two things that stuck out to me was when Steve Spagnuolo said, like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I just – I'm ready for jump someone – jump someone up the depth chart. Like they kept talking about depth chart, depth chart. Depth yeah, like what the hell? That doesn't mean anything. Who, who, yeah. that, who said, who said, I mean, you're supposed to learn the whole defensive playbook, right? Who yeah. said it's got to be a situation where, well, just because he's the second best strong safety we have, I only consider him for the first strong safety. No, he can be free mm -hmm. or, or, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, everybody knows different roles in the defense. So, and then... So that's what made it frustrating because you're like, yeah. don't think of it as like this guy's losing his spot to this guy for this specific job. Like, no, exactly. just put the best players out there on the field and let it work. And where you yes, there's going to be problems. There's going to be times where it doesn't go well. 
because that's football. I agree. But and man, at least, at least go out there with a guy who runs a four four instead of somebody you can't stretch the field like the way Dan does. Exactly, exactly. And that's well, Harold, the I got a problem. Mm-hmm. It has. He's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ken. No, and Harold, I got a quick question before you bring up a interesting point about the depth chart. Do you think Dornell Daniel should be out there more too? I feel like he could stretch the field as a linebacker more than so than what Neiman can. I mean, he showed it. He showed it his first year here with Kansas City as a rookie, but ever since Spags has taken over, he has not gotten an opportunity, it seems like. So do you think he should possibly be out there as well to mix it up? I think he may have to. Um, and then we're going to see what happens, especially with Hitch's injury. Because right now, I mean, Spagnuolo is so – he's I mean, and, and to his credit, he wants people to make – he wants his players to make sure that they're running the defense that he's calling out there, which to his credit, his mm-hmm. defensive scheme does work. I mean, ask Tom Brady how his defensive scheme goes. It works. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, like, sometimes you have to realize, you have to adjust and realize if players have just lost a step, then your defense is not going to work. Yeah. So you just need mm-hmm. somebody that has the burst. I mean, I've said it for since Willie Gay's been here. Willie Gay's biggest biggest attribute is he just, he just sprints toward wherever he thinks the ball is. But he yeah. just sprints. Yeah. You know, like, what even in high school we learn – when you're playing football in high school, you learn like, well, if you're going to make a mistake, make it, you know, make it going full speed. Exactly. You know, at least that's what yeah. I was told in high school. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have the greatest high school coaches in the world, but I mean, I know that. Then, I mean, like, you're going to make a mistake, make it with full speed. Like, that's what Willie Gale do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, and Ben even again, somebody has to, your middle line, your linebacker has to be out there and know, and know the offense, know the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to be out there and know the defense, but it, it's just a matter of like, you're surrounded, like, you can tell, like, they trust Hitch. I don't know if the trust is there at Neiman. Um, but I don't know if the trust is there at Dorian. I mean, but again, he's going to be rotating in and out more simply because they're going to have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised you're, he wasn't you're not wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. And if you just look at the highlights from his rookie year, he had potential. I mean, when you're looking, he was the second-best defensive player as a rookie on the 31st-ranked defense on the, in the NFL. That's saying something, in my opinion, if he can sniff out screens and lay huge hits on quarterbacks, he knows what he's doing. It just kind of amazes me how he hasn't gotten a shot. So I, I just want to hear your opinion. But thank you, Harold. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's funny, too, because I looked at I was watching Thornhill today. And man, I tell you what, the guy, he's not afraid to tackle. And he no, I, don't, I honestly, no, I didn't no. see him really with anything today. Yeah, I, don't no, think I think though, not uh-huh. to cut you off, but. There was a key play in the second half. I know which one you're talking about, but go ahead. <laughs> he he goes low for a tackle. Yeah. And I kid mm-hmm. you not, if that's Sorensen, that's a 10, 15, 20-yard game. Maybe more. Yep. yep. And mm-hmm. it was and it was only a three-yard game because he made right. that tackle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And, you know, going back to something you said, Harold, continuity is everything. And I had told you – I think Tuesday it was, we had talked about this and it's proven to be true. This game proved it all. When I had told you about what I told you about Thornhill in this game, I said how the continuity was going to change. And it did because Matthew and him were like glue together that first season. Sure. They were glue. And he just, he was like a sponge when it came to Matthew. He wanted to learn everything. And for the most part, he did. And yeah, for the, you know, taking that much time off with an injury and even, even Matthew said, you know, it's going to take longer than one season to heal, 
which it does. It takes a little bit longer than a season to come back from that injury. Matthew went through it, so it's not something that you can just come back and be 100%. There was other issues involved in that that we talked about, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but um, it seems to be that that's, you know, apparently either one, somebody's ego went away, or two, they realized that this is just not going to work, and we know where that was, and that that problem got resolved one way or another, but uh, you can see the difference in the entire defense's mindset today, regardless if it's Washington, Philly, or the Chargers. It makes no difference who it is. If I feel like, in my opinion, if these changes would have been made three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we wouldn't be in the position we're in right now. I, mm. I truly believe that because a lot of people can say, oh, one player doesn't make a difference. They, in, in a lot of instances, they do because one player can drag down an entire team, especially with a team that has so much continuity that the entire team is so like, much like a brotherhood and they all feel it. So you got three problems going on. You got a defense that was way out of sync because one, you had a couple of players that shouldn't have been on the field that were another player that was very upset because these players were out there and weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And then you had a quarterback that was playing way out of his realm and was thrown into it, not eased into it, but here, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to do it 99% of the time. And this is how it's going to be. It doesn't work like that. It kills continuity with everybody. It brings down your morale. It brings down your self-esteem as a team and as a person. And that's what's kind of happened. And as you've seen, when Pat came out in the second half, everything changed. But our defense looked night and day different compared to what they've looked yeah. like this entire season. Yeah. If they, I mean, you know, they just got to continue to do these type of things. I mean, they do. Yeah. They have to listen, I guess, to their players and listen to themselves mentally and not let the ego get in their way and let, and let the depth chart get in their way, like you said. That makes no yeah. sense. Three things. Three things, and then I got to go. Um, one, Andy Reid's always a big, big listener. And he says, check your ego at the door. That was actually the, both two things. Um, but he's a big listener, and he says, check your ego at the door. Yep. So egos were checked. Again, rechecked, triple checked, and then, and then he listened two, three, four times. Yep. He had to listen to people. Probably during the halftime locker room, he said, all right, look, this, this, is, this is my home's team now. We're just here for the ride. So <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, I will say, I think the record is still what it is. Just those turnovers, you know, it's, it, it, it's still like, again, I, I think I said on our show, like uh, on Fox four, I was like, whenever you hear the words tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars, something's gone completely wrong. So I yeah. don't care how much coaching you can do or how much, like you're still turnovers are still a huge issue. Yeah. McCole Hardman fumbling Tyree kill ball going off his hands the glove change in the middle of the game that people may not have realized. Like there was, there was stuff going on there where it's like, Hey, you know, like, get together. Yeah. <laughs> concentrate. yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, but turn, turnovers are concentration. Everyone knows high and tight, tuck the ball. Everyone knows secure the ball with two hands. Don't look the other way before you catch the football. Yeah. They know these things. They're making high school errors. Even Mahomes is like, well, when you're darn near halfway at the ground, don't try to make a play when you're throwing it to no one. Like, like what's worse about the interception? The second interception he threw was that there was three red jerseys there, yeah. burgundy jerseys. Burgundy. Like it was. Yeah. It wasn't a soul around. It was just yeah. like, what are you doing? And it was a three-point game. 
Yeah. So at the, at the absolute worst situation is you don't get it, you kick the field goal. Yeah. Because he's thinking mm-hmm. to himself, oh, well, maybe like maybe this game will instill a little more trust he has in the defense. Because, look, the defense only gave up 76 yards in the second half. That's pretty exceptional. Yes, it is. That's pretty That's good. Quite yeah. exceptional. He was 18 yeah. to 24. Mahomes was 18 to 24 in the second half. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. So uh, um, I'm curious to see what happens next week in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's offense is pretty simple. Um, stop Derrick Henry, you win. So yeah. here's the test. Yeah. yeah. But thanks yeah. for having me on, guys. I got to run. I appreciate no, it. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you, Harold. Thanks, man. All right, no really appreciate it. Well, that was nice having Harold on. Um, mm-hmm. Always a good guy to talk to, man. Indeed, always. indeed. Harold says a lot of different things. That's how I kind of want to hear what he had to say, say because he brought up something that probably many Chiefs fans have heard of, heard, haven't heard of. Spags is stuck in the depth chart mindset, and that's yeah. an issue. Yeah. You got to move players around. And okay, yeah, we can put issue. people in a ranking system, but sometimes the guy that's probably the fourth is the guy who can actually stretch the field and maybe get the tip pass, and the guy who was at first is just too bulky and can't get the sideline to sideline. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be different things. So, But I think I'm glad Harold was able to come on and say that. I know he had to run because he has to work, but I, we appreciate him coming on. We thank you, Harold. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, Harold's always a good guy, and we talk to him all the time because, you know, he's become a good friend and to Chiefs focus and he's just a good dude all the way around. And uh, we just really appreciate his insight on everything, but, you know, mm-hmm. getting back to this game, we, you know, we talked about this on the last show and they said there was going to be some changes made. We talked mm-hmm. about it prior to the show. We knew about Thornhill on Tuesday, in fact, and, we put it out on the show on Thursday, but we had told a few people about Thornhill, um, including Harold, actually. Just a lot of guys, we have trust in certain people that just don't, they don't spew things that we say. Um, they just don't. And which is very admirable in the few guys that we talked to. Um, uh, I did tell Harold on Tuesday, I thought that, you know, I didn't give him so much information, but I did tell him that I thought that Thornhill was going to start. And, you know, I knew he was going to, but I didn't want to overstep my bounds. And um, you, yeah, you said and, a maybe. Yeah, I did tell him a maybe. And um, but I told you I knew he was starting because I had already been told. And one other guy. Um, well, two other guys, I should say. And. Uh, anyway, regardless, it was a step in the right direction. He should have been starting a long time ago. I'm sorry, but he should have. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think when it comes down to it, this game proved it. Thornhill can tackle. Dirty Dan is great in certain situations. However, when it comes to Dirty Dan out there on the field, he will, if he gets a if he if he gets a role that is too big, he will whiff tackles, he will have busted coverages. When you look at Neiman, hey, Spags is stuck in that depth chart mindset when it comes to Neiman. Just because he played really good in the Super Bowl and in the AC championship game before that. Look, man, we're in a new season. Actually, we're two seasons now about to be removed from that Super Bowl. Yeah. You got to bring in someone else. And Neiman, the reason why Wicker Sills Jones scored that touchdown is because that was a busted coverage on him. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you had Dorno Daniel out there or that someone else, they would have stopped it. Guarantee it. I just don't understand what is going on with his mindset. Now, granted, he has beaten Brady three times. He knows how to beat him. He's been beating really good teams with him okay, as a you know what recording. here's the thing i don't mean to Go cut ahead. you off but here's the thing Go ahead. it's one player okay it's one team it's one player 
I don't put that much stake in, and I never have into Brady. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's, it's one player. Well, mm-hmm. okay. It's not like he, and don't get me wrong. I think Spags is a great DC. I really do, mm-hmm. but he's got to get over this, this, how do I word this? But depth chart position mindset where we have yeah. a ranking system. It's almost like this marching, you know, this marching order that he's in because you have to have, if they're on your team and you see them and they have the hunger and they have the mindset and the ability and the vision to be able to go out there and make those plays, put them out on the field. Because when you got guys that haven't done it in four straight games and you're three Mm -hmm. down, go out there and do what you have to do. It's that simple. And you put the guys out there that you know are hungry enough to go out and do it. Mm -hmm. And you've got them standing on the sidelines chomping at the bit mm-hmm. get him out there and do it you know it's no different than the Mahomes situation you know a lot of the and you know what it was actually weirdly enough it was it was said and you know as much as I can't stand Boomer and he pissed me off today first half at halftime he's sitting there saying I you know I don't know I you know it's like Mahomes is just falling off and he just He's just not the same guy. There's something going on there. I just don't know what it is. I, I mean, they're mm-hmm. just not the same team. And, you know, and then another guy, the other one chimes in Sims and he says, yeah, that's just, you know, it's just, you know, he, he did it too early and now they're reading him and they're, everybody's reading him and now they know him. And the, it's no, not, that's not what it not, was. They, but the, funny thing, this, go ahead. the funny thing apart at, at the end of the game, mm-hmm. totally different conversation. That's the Mahomes we know. That's the guy that no one's no one can read that man. Vintage Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. You know what? Go pound sand, you dumb bastard. I can't stand when people flip-flop. And that's exactly what he did. You know who stays true to their word all the time is Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson mm-hmm. said it after you and I had said it on the show, actually, about Mahomes playing in the pocket, not playing his game, not doing what he normally does. Everything else, then Nate Burleson came out week three and said the same thing. Week four, yeah, I'm we've sorry. been and we've been saying it since week two, saying exactly. like, look, well, actually, no, we said, well, it was like week three, but we yeah. saw remnants in week two, and they're like, look, this team is good, but Andy is trying to put Mahomes in a box. Exactly. Look, you gotta put him more in a trapezoid or an octagon to let him that let that allows him to move. Yeah, that's the only way things are gonna get done when we look at it at the end of the day. Yeah. Mahomes likes to roll out. Mahomes likes to move around, throw the ball. As we've seen, did you see any passes really going to the dirt? I saw a couple. But once, that was in the first half. But when we got to the second half, Mahomes did his thing. Yeah. He was doing shovel passes. Yeah. I mean, he was doing, like, disc throws. I mean, yeah. he was just doing stuff you haven't seen in three weeks. He did so an actual comes- perfect on uh, no-look pass. Nobody's seen that. I didn't that. see that. I oh, he had a that. great – he had a great – it was actually – It was. I'm trying to think if that was to Kelsey. I don't. It was. A, I think it was a touchdown pass. Mm. It was a perfect pass, but it was a shovel pass. It was that shovel pass. He was actually looking the other direction when he threw it, and it was to Kelsey, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it was a touchdown okay. or not, but it was a shovel pass, and it was a perfect pass. But he was looking the opposite direction, and a lot of people didn't see it. But I looked at it on slow mo, and his eyes were facing the other way. So that doesn't surprise me. But it was perfect because he was doing. He was in his element. He was in his game, in his mindset, the way he knows how to play. And that's the difference between what they wanted. I understand the investment part of it. Okay. I get it. But everybody in this league 
that are owners has, has an investment in their players, okay? Whether it's 150 million, 250 million, 500 million, 400 million, whatever you wanna call it, they, have invest, they made the decision to put that investment in him because of the way he played and brought them to two Super Bowls. Not to yeah. make him into somebody that doesn't bring you to Super Bowls and doesn't He's play trying the way. to turn him into a Peyton Manning or Tony Romo. Yeah. He's not a Peyton Manning or Tony Romo. No, so. no. He's a one-of-a-kind quarterback that changed the football game forever. And no one can duplicate him if they just let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. And they finally, and after his little thing at halftime hey it is what it is harold alluded to it as well so (laughs) it is what it is we know what the hell we're talking about when it comes to what's being going what's going on within this organization Mm -hmm. for the most part and harold just alluded to it as well he's not you know he's he's right there in the dirt you know with them so he's closer than anybody is so uh let me see something here sorry i gotta tell you're not wrong and then also for all the viewers listening to the show, it looks like Kareem Hunt tore his Achilles. Yeah, he did. That's what that. it's looking like. It's terrible. Um, prayers out to Jody. That's horrible for yep. him too. Um, he worked so hard to get to this position, and now he's—I know he's out for the season because I got that call. In fact, I texted you mm-hmm. right afterward. Well, we knew he was out because it was non-contact injury. It is like he's done for the season. Yeah, yeah. As much as we, we don't want to. Yeah. Hopefully Josh Bolton. Went, oh God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but we got Josh. We're gonna see. Well, that's the issue. People are mad he's not getting enough snaps. They gotta give him time. I mean he's only out there for like three or four plays. I know. I but think they have to give him a little bit more time to get acclimated to our offense. And I mean, I guess they have really had that much faith in Robinson. I mean, he proved it today in an ex- in a sense. Now that's against quote unquote weaker competition, but it's be interesting. How will he do this against like a Packers team or a Chargers team? Because they're considered the front runners. But look, the Chargers got blown out by the they Ravens. Got killed today. today by the Ravens, and so, the Ravens aren't that great. Don't get me wrong; they're not. The Ravens are good, but the only reason why they beat us because of busted coverages, and then the defense couldn't stop anything. Yeah, the defense was not playing again. How many whiff tackles by one particular player? that was on that defense that mm-hmm. let it happen. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. We can say whatever we want, but continuity is everything. We'll go back to this again. Mm-hmm. That continuity was busted into <clears throat> tiny shreds, shiny shards of glass during that per- time period. And right now it is all coming. If they continue to do what they're doing right now, this is all going to come back together. And when it does, if it stays this way, we have a chance to do something that maybe no other team has done. And that is take a broken that, system, uh-huh. break, uh-huh. take a broken system that everybody is saying that Stephen A. Smith, all these other guys that are saying we're done, we're no good, we're washed up, we're not going to go to another Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. We have an opportunity right now to take our system that was broken into tiny shards of glass mm-hmm. and make it a mirror again and go right back to the Super Bowl again. We have that chance to do that. All we have to do is keep the continuity going and get the players on the field that belong on the field and keep them there. That's my opinion. And let Pat play his game. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. I'm not saying that because we beat a Washington football team that may not be the greatest. It's still a football team. They have a defense, though. They have a defense. They have a defense. And the offense was doing some things like – 
how do I say this? Mike Hughes, I love him. I think he's great, but he looks like he's out of position on them slam plays. Those are his weaknesses, in my opinion, at the end of the day. They are. And, you know, I watched Kendall Fuller today, and I still miss that man. He was great in the slot when we put him back in the slot. When he was in his element, again, another Bob Sutton flaw, when we finally put him in his element, when when Spags got here, a attribute Mm -hmm. to Spags, we put him in the slot. He played phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where he belongs. And he didn't play that position when he was with us. I mean, with, with, in his with first season and with his first yeah. seasons. So <clears throat> I think I miss him. I mean, I think he's a great player and I think Hughes needs to be, I think he needs to be moved around a little bit. Sneed played great today. I know a lot of people. Dana. Yeah, they all played great. Frank Clark got a sack. Right. Well, Frank two Clark one got a play, sack. basically. Actually, exactly. And then he was stopping a lot of plays. I mean, I, you know, people aren't going to say a lot about him because they just can't stand him. But Frank played well today. And that's not because, you know, it's a terrible football team because they're not a horrible football team. Yeah, they've their defense has allowed a lot of points this year. Um, mm-hmm. well, but their offense mm-hmm. is not as bad as everybody wants to make it out to be, you know, our defense just stepped up. They had continuity and they did mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. So, you know, they do have chase young. That kid's no joke. He, he was no joke. He is yeah. no joke. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with the second half play of this team. I'm upset that Tyreek whiffed that pass and that was a very catchable ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Randy Mahomes came on and she was all upset about, you know, she, to some degree, I understand her being upset uh. because he's got, there's probably out of his seven interceptions that he's had, I imagine four of those were probably yeah. mistakes on wide receivers. Three to four haven't been his fault. Three to yes. four have been tip balls. Correct. And I understand her mindset about that. Um, but that's just part of this game. It interception is interception. Maybe one day in the future, they'll change that. And they're going to say, okay, it's a wide receiver interception. It's not going to miss quarterbacks, but it's not going to, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but um, it's always going to go against the quarterback. It is what it is. But again, seven interceptions, you got to remember the guy had 15, his first two seasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's had seven in six games. Yeah. Seven interceptions in six games. This is not vintage Mahomes. Why? Because one, and look, you can't always blame wide receiver either because they're not used to him staying in the pocket the entire time. So when he's not used to it, they're not used to it. They're not used to seeing him roll out. They don't know where he's at. They can't see him as well. He can't see them as well. There's not enough. He's not buying himself the time that he's used to buying. And the vision's not there and they can't, open themselves up to a play that he's normally used to making it's going to happen you know that's what that's why you see guys that are pocket passers have more interceptions than he's ever had because they're pocket mm-hmm. passers it is what it is yeah. i mean come on man it's it's very simple to look at it and go okay well here's the mistakes that are being made this is why it's mm-hmm. happening this is what he used to do now he's not doing it anymore the wide receivers are used to it. And plus, you know, we are we were limited for a long time. You know, something was brought up to me today, 
and I want to get this out really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Mahomes' life, you know, people can, let me put it like this. People can accept change if it comes uh, just a normal person. If you, you know, you can accept change in one way and you can roll through it. You can accept changes here and there and you can roll through it. But when your whole entire life has changed at one time, mm. which has happened to him, look at it like this. You just had a kid, okay? You got a whole new offensive line. They changed the way you play football. Your, co- your coach got sick. Every You got new players. A lot you know, of diversity what, this year so far. A, a lot of different things have happened. So his whole life has been turned upside down in one season. In one year, his whole life has been turned upside down. That's pretty hard to navigate as a 25-year-old kid, now 26. But that's hard to navigate for anyone, especially somebody mm-hmm. that's young in the limelight that's been deemed the face of the NFL, this, the face of the sports world. Mm-hmm. So along with other things that, anyway, regardless, um, it's, it's something that, that's why he had to take control. And he did that in the second half. And I hope he continues to do what he did today. I'm glad they made the changes on defense. I know you're glad. And oh yeah, I'm glad. There you go, bro. <laughs> After what I saw the last three weeks, it was like Spags, you better figure it out. And hearing what uh Harold said again about the Jeff Tart system, that makes total sense. The man is stuck to a regiment that in a way doesn't work for every situation. No, it, it just doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. It does now, now you need to put in Dorno Daniel and I'll be happy. Yeah. And Armani. That's Watts. how yeah, no, you're not wrong. Armani wants to be great to have as well, but even he's not even getting the time. So it's like if we can get those two guys on the field and if they can play the right way and help, this can make everything a lot better than the day. Yeah, rotate them in and out and just, you know, get these guys their play time and get fresh legs in there. Guys that are reading the, you know, studying the playbook and understand it and just get them in there. You know I mean? They got vision. They can, they can tackle, they can hit, they're hungry. Mm-hmm. So let's get them in there. We've learned it with Willie Gay. Now we know it or hundred percent with Juan Thornhill. We've seen it with yeah. other guys that have stepped in. So why not? I mean, it's not going to hurt a thing. Like Harold said, what, what's the worst thing they're going to do? Improve. That's true. You got to put the young guys in. I feel like they're stuck with the over gym. Like, look, we need to train. Okay. So if in JP and I'll break it down for all the fans who don't understand this, but those years we had from about 2015, 2017 was that old regime of Eric Berry, Justin Houston, Tabaha Lee, those boys did a great thing, helped our team. As you saw, the years moved on. We would cut a Holly. We would cut a Houston. We would cut a um, Eric Berry. When we get to the 2018, 2020 season, they cut some players. We add some. They cut some uh, defensive players. Dirty Dan got an increasing role. Now he's kind of, in my opinion, he's kind of in the sunset of his career right now with the Chiefs because, look, if he's not playing up to the speed like we saw Tabaha Lee in the past or we see like Justin Houston, you have to bring in other people that can help. That is why you draft and bring in free agents. If you can do that, it helps your defense, and it helps your defense play at a better, in a better way that you have never had before. That's why Belichick is always so good. Every year he's finding players that are able to help his scheme, but as a team play well. That's why they've always had a solid defense, no matter what team they play against. Exactly. You're 100% right, and you hit the nail on the head. Belichick has always had a top 10 defense, if not better. Okay? That's what made Brady shine so well. And 
you know, it was funny because I saw something on Instagram and I didn't reply to it. I should have, but it said Brady handled, handled the Eagles. Handled them. I don't know if you watched that well, game. If he handled I, it, it would have came down to the last possession, but all right. That, it did. It was a 28. No, I'm saying it wouldn't have came down to the last exactly. possession. Exactly. would have handled them. Exactly. It was a seven-point game. And to be honest with you, Brady had that same look he always has when he was about ready to lose. And honestly, they called a taunting on the Eagles that was completely unwarranted. I mean, mm-hmm. this was honestly, there was nothing warranted about that taunting call. But yet Antonio Brown, if he caught a five-yard pass, ran 15, 20 yards up and down the field screaming like a lunatic mm-hmm. in people's faces. They never called it. Yeah, I, I, the taunting rule has to go. And I thought when Tyreek Hill had that duke and then like Willie Gay was dancing, I thought they were going to call taunting like, wait a minute, this is mid-play. Yeah. That's not taunting. This is no. ridiculous. No. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, 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 that wasn't handling anything. I mean, that was a very close game. And to be honest with you, I, I really, I thought I was actually really proud of the Eagles and I really thought they were going to pull that game out. I knew mm-hmm. the refs were going to help Brady. Well, and people saw there was mid point. The ref was basically blocking the, uh, blocking the lineman from going after Brady. It's like, yeah. you can't do that. He threw interception. That's a live ball. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen at this yeah. point. I mean, the day he retires from the NFL will be a really good day for everybody in the NFL, every team that has to play him. And I'm not saying that because of anything other than the fact that maybe these referees will actually just finally just relax and play the, the, just call the games how they should be called and not call them in favor of somebody. I I mean, I get it. You know, there was guys on Instagram and, and a lot of fans that were saying, you know, this is turning into like boxing where they don't even really want to watch it anymore, or the NBA. They want to watch it anymore because it's becoming so obvious, especially after that Eagles game. I mean, that was just blatant. You could see it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it so many times against us, but that was horribly blatant. You know, and yeah. it, it was similar to that call against us, you know, when I said that was the worst call I had seen in years on that uh, uh, pass interference call. It's no different. I mean, these refs just it's getting bad and they've got to fix this. They do. We've been saying this for two years, man. I don't think it'll ever get better. No, being honest, it, it won't. And if they don't start finding the rest for shit like that, it's never going to, that get won't better. ever happen. That's the problem. If they don't start making them do press conferences and fire finding the rest, nothing will ever change. No, that's the problem. It won't change. So, um, but you know what, all in all, they came out and they, they fixed their problems and I'm proud of what they did. I'm proud of Patrick for what he did today in the second, you know, from halftime on and from in the locker room on, I should say. Um, I'm happy to see Thornhill out there and, you know, Travis is not feeling the greatest right now with his arm and Hitchens is hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long he's going to be out yet. I haven't heard, um, but uh, I'll find out. And then I have a feeling he's going to be out. He may come back this week, but I think you let him rest and bring in other people. I, that's what I would do. Um, he hadn't been playing top notch, you know, this year really. Um, and then, and I know he wasn't hundred percent after week one. So he's been dealing with some stuff injury wise anyway, from week one on, but this was a little more than that. And it sucks that Jody got hurt 
you know, we, we lost a couple guys today and excuse me, we got a couple guys that are injured that, you know, played through it, you know, mm -hmm. like Joe Tooney and, um, you know, I think we're actually going to get Ward back next week. I think we're going to get Chris Jones back next week from what I'm understanding. Chris Jones has got a sprained wrist and people, you know, they made fun of Chris Jones. Oh, well, ask Joe Tooney oh, about Lord. that. Well, listen, Ooh. Joe Tooney is in a different position and he's got a, cast on his hand you can't play chris jones's position with a sprained wrist you can't so it just it's, it's impossible i mean you you know these guys that are complaining about him that sit on the couch can't even pick up a glass mm. of water without hurting a sprained wrist or a sprained finger yeah. but these guys want him to go out and handle 300 pound linemen you know it's just not going to happen so uh, from what mm. i understand he's supposed to come back this next week they're supposed to get ward back this next week which is great we're going to see probably a lot more of Josh. Um, and I know from what I was told today during the game, after I was yeah. called about Jody, they do want him to learn the playbook a little bit more. And um, they want him to get just acclimated. And they're easing him into it, which is great. And they figure by, you know, the next, next week he'll be in some more plays. And then by the following week he may be, you know, a 25, 26 play guy. So within mm. the next couple of weeks, that's what I'm being told. So with that being said, I mean, I think we're in, going in the right direction. Finally, it's just, I agree. You know, it's just them making the changes that they, you know, they tried their, they tried what they needed to try and it didn't work. So mm -hmm. now it's, it's go back to who you are and what brought you where you're at. And yep. that's what they're doing. So you just have to go from there. No, I agree. I agree, man. I think we're in a, I think we're in a good spot and it's all going to work out. We're just going to continue to do what we do and do the right thing. Cause at the end of the day, the chiefs are moving through. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, what else you got, man? I think we're good to go, man. All right, man. I think we're good to go. Oh, we got the giveaway going right now. You guys um, got a Nick Bolton Jersey out there right now. We got a lot more giveaways. We got enough really for one a week, really, if we wanted to, give one a week away for the rest of the season, we will do that. And um, depending on how we get to the follower count, if we hit 40,000 followers, um, we got a special gift for one lucky mm -hmm. fan. And um, hopefully there was a typo on the giveaway today. There's actually a couple of them. Um, one of them, we didn't put hashtag cheese kingdom. The other one, we didn't put my complete thing on there. It said JP chief instead of JP chiefs. So they kept saying my account was suspended mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out where that was coming from. And then I saw it. So I went yep. and I recreated another one, put it in there and fixed it. So all you have to do is follow the three accounts and Instagram account at Chiefs Focus and then tag three people and retweet it, like it and retweet it. And on October 22nd, we will pick a winner for the Nick Bolton jersey and then we are going to put out another giveaway after that. So mm -hmm. um, we got some really cool stuff, way better than anybody else at this point. And um, I think we got probably the best giveaways of anyone, to be honest. What do you think? I think we're doing pretty good. We got some good giveaways and people are going to enjoy that stuff pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've given away a Tyreek football. We gave away a Christian Akoye football. Now a Nick Bolton jersey. Did we give away another jersey, too? Mm, no, right now it's a Nick Bolton jersey, though. I thought we had given one other jersey away, but maybe mm -hmm. not. 
we gave away maybe that was last year we gave a jersey away i can't remember but anyway we got enough stuff to give away for a solid season and some of them are insanely cool um some are throwbacks some are all current all signed authentically signed stuff um anyway oh by the way our website's basically done we got a couple things we got to finish up if i will say this on the show if you are looking to be a contributor for chiefs focus if you have writing skills hit us up on a dm we are looking for a writer and some other things so if you have that mm-hmm. and you want to help us out hit us up right caleb yep hit us up Yep. All right, guys. That's all I got. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week and be safe out there. Mm -hmm. See you next time, Chiefs Kingdom. Peace out, guys.